Welcome everyone to the fifth Engineer Talks podcast. Today we will be going over the recent Apple WWDC 2022 event, as well as the latest iOS 16 features that were released from the uh, iOS 16 beta. Today we have uh, me, your host, Srinit, as well as Anshul and Sadat. So the first thing we kind of want to go over is the the new iOS 16. So the first thing I noticed with the iOS 16 was the the new lock screen customization. So this they kind of revamped the entire thing with new fonts, um, especially with the time. So you can actually now change the the fonts of the time, which was you know previously like reserved for the Androids, but now I, iOS is kind of more going with um, more customization. We kind of saw that with the last you know widget update. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Um, yeah, so I think um, Apple is slowly becoming more of like a personalized company where mm-hmm. um, they want your phone to feel like it's yours. Like they want definitely uh, to highlight the things that are important to you, like especially like the widgets that are important to you and the people in mm-hmm. your life or the, the places that you went to that are important. So that's mm-hmm. why they let you with this like uh, like. Um, more expensive customization options for the box screen because obviously like there are different things that are important to different people such as you know calendar events or like activity or um you know the clock if you're a big traveler so um like the weather obviously so uh, do, um it's just to make your um iphone more personal and obviously you know highlight the things that are important to you yeah definitely like um it's actually kind of surprising because, you know, previously Apple is very reserved with how they wanted users to interact with their products. Um, they kind of just wanted users, all users to have one thing. And if the user wasn't happy with it, then just, you know, buy a different product. So Apple is kind of very conservative and reserved in how each iPhone was. But now we're kind of seeing them open up to more, uh, uh, allowing users to customize their phones way, way more. Uh, if you saw the Marcus Brownlee video on this, it was very, the um, screen customization for the lock screen was actually very in-depth. You know, you can change a bunch of different stuff now from the, you know, font, as I mentioned, but also the colors. You can add on-screen widgets ranging from uh, your fitness from your Apple Watch or, you know, battery, calendar, a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, for sure. And one feature that really stood out to me was that you can change whatever lock screen is showing based on whatever focus you have going on. And I know this is personally, I would love to have this feature as soon as iOS 16 comes out because sometimes I'm working and I only want work notifications and Mm -hmm. a non-destructing wallpaper to come up. And Mm -hmm. it's really convenient to just be able to switch to kind of like a home focus and have a home wallpaper along with home notifications and everything's different. It's almost like profiles on a phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like uh, adding on to that, there's new calendar options for the lock screen. So you can kind of list, if you use the, you know, Apple calendar to kind of plan out your day, you know, if you have meetings or work to do, you can now list that on your lock screen. So without having to even go into your phone, uh, Apple gives you the option now to just you know open your phone and see immediately what events you have, which I thought was pretty cool. And then another thing that I noticed was pretty cool and probably, uh, is the live activities feature and this feature essentially allows you to view like you know 
sports highlights or like sports scores in real time when you're not able to catch the game. So mm -hmm. um, um, I thought this was cool because uh, it also adds like the personalization to you. So uh, for you, so it's like um, after a busy day of work, like you cannot like catch up on the sports game or uh, what if it's during work, obviously. And it's really easy to just pick up your phone and like just see the score of your favorite team that's playing without having mm -hmm. to go into that go into your phone and look it up so i think that is really cool and also adds to the personalization feature yeah the lock screen apple is kind of making it less of you know a lock screen and making it more so just a, like a quick access accessibility for things that you know you would previously need to unlock your phone for but now you can just you know take a quick glance at your phone and just makes the whole you know process of using your phone just much um much faster um and you know kind of moving on from that lock screen another huge update that uh, a lot of people got was the um ability to unsend uh iMessages and also as well as to edit them so what do you guys think on that i think that um i think that it's a good feature because um, obviously there are a lot of times where, you know, Apple has this, you know, autocorrect feature, but sometimes it doesn't really um, send the message that you intended to. So it autocorrects to something that you didn't want to. So mm -hmm. instead of having to add, uh, add additional messages to uh, change like what you were going to say, um, editing the message just makes it cleaner and makes it more uh, e easy to access information. And um, with the unsending messages thing, it's like, you know, like a lot of people like, you know, didn't mean to say something or um, accidentally sent something. Um, so I think the unsend message feature in that sense would be useful for those people. But it's just small and small changes, small changes to like improve your, um, improve your like uh, user experience with iMessage. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, for sure. And I really think Apple nailed the unsend and edit feature because the one caveat to this is that you can only edit or delete your message within 15 minutes of sending the message. So I feel like it's a perfect balance between holding users accountable for whatever they type, but also being f uh, forgiving and considerate and allowing users to kind of fix whatever mistake they may have made within 15 minutes. No, definitely. Um... There's also notifies the other user if you delete or unsend, or I mean delete or if you edit. So it kind of, um, it's beneficial to both sides in in the sense because if you unsend, you have the ability to unsend. But in the same way, if someone who texted you something unsends, then uh, it gives you that notification, kind of like a receipt that they did unsend. So um, that's also really helpful, I think. Yeah, another yeah, feature I saw come into messages was SharePlay. And if I remember correctly, last year that was only reserved for FaceTime. And I think it's really cool that we can kind of share music together or watch movies together without even being on call. We can just, you know, be messaging each other and talk about a real-time synced up movie, which is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, Apple definitely knows their main competitor when it comes to FaceTime, which is Discord. So now they're kind of providing more features that are seen on discord to kind of cater more to the to the larger uh, apple audience and the share play really just makes it much more easier to um choose 
a FaceTime over a Discord call. So um, they're definitely it's definitely a smart business decision. I agree. And one of the things that um, I know uh, they're trying to like get add more Discord features, but at the same time, they're doing this uh, thing of like not overcomplicating it because it's still supposed to be like a messaging app. It's not supposed to be complicated. It's just to get the message across. So that's why I'm saying like all these features are added, but they're not like, you know, overcomplicating the system. So I think that's a good move by them. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. Apple is very keen on making all of their um features minimalistic and simplistic and you know another thing to add about this share play thing is that it kind of um brings you deeper into that apple ecosystem so now uh, you can directly kind of share play um content from your apple tv if you have one which many of us do um and it just makes it easier to kind of um draw yourself into that ecosystem and um kind of stay there m much more longer yeah i can see this especially with many other apple apps such as you know pages and it's 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 really interesting because apple allows like direct connections with facetime and messages for apps such as apple tv and pages and it's like you people who don't have this ecosystem who aren't kind of fully bought into these apple devices it's almost like exclusion for them so it's really incentivizing kind of buying an apple device especially if your community has them mm -hmm. definitely definitely um apple knows that um they have a, you know this ecosystem where people will the more they kind of add connect connectivity to between their products the more people will be drawn in and the more the higher that those walls that guard that ecosystem go up so like like you said um they know what they're doing when it comes to this connectivity stuff it's just um, the main objective here is to draw in more people so um moving on from messages another um uh... A uh, really cool feature that I found that was being introduced with iOS 16 is uh, that you can, um, when you see an image, you can actually remove the subject. So if it's like a dog or a person, and like mm -hmm. just save that. Like it's it just takes away, it crops out the background and just keeps the subject. And so you can copy and paste it wherever. So I think that's good for like creators that are trying to create thumbnails for their videos or people that are trying to like you know like um create posters for their like upcoming you know baby shower like you know upcoming birthday yeah. party so i think that's a really cool feature that um just really shows you like the innovation that's uh going forward in apple intelligence yeah it's just kind of adding more to that live text feature which everyone you know was hands over knees over uh, and now this live object feature is you know adding on to that innovation by allowing people to seamlessly kind of edit objects out of a picture and then use them you know for whatever if it's for messages you can use them as a sticker uh, or for just you know any photoshop uh, and, and the process itself it, it's like less than two seconds i think to edit out a photo which is really fast like really really fast and it does a pretty well pretty well job at it too so it's kind of just one of those, you know, cherry on the top 
kind of things that Apple makes to incentivize um, more users to uh, purchase a phone for this feature. Yeah, going along those lines, I saw the new feature, which was live text for video. And uh, coming from a student, I, I really would have cherished this feature. And live text for video, what it does is you can pause on any frame of a video with text in it. And it's like it's almost your text. You can copy it, you can translate it, you can search it up. And honestly, this, this would have been a godsend feature, especially for students like us with online learning. But it's really amazing that you can kind of copy text from a video that's that someone else is streaming no yeah definitely the live text itself was such a success that apple knows the more they add to it the more people will you know praise them for it so the kind of video thing was a no-brainer if they had the uh, minds to make it so uh definitely in the future i think we'll see more of this kind of live um these live features with photos and uh, videos no matter what it may be maybe you know live objects for videos um, i think they're just staggering how uh, often they release these features so it's not like um, they play all their cards in one go it's just one at a time to increase that um that that hype around their products um there's another thing that i saw called the continued camera uh, have you guys heard of that feature? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so the continued camera by which... Um, I mean, like... Uh, the, uh, like, the ability to, like, continue the... Uh, actually, I'll... I'm sure, quite sure that I heard that feature before. So yeah, um, yeah, you can go. Yeah, so I did see about continuity camera, and isn't that isn't it that feature where if you have an iPhone running iOS 16, and if you bring it close to a MacBook running macOS Ventura or higher in the future, you can automatically, without any pairing or setup, you can use that iOS device as a webcam for your mm -hmm. MacBook for any video calls you may be taking. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool um they also have like a top-down feature uh it's 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 kind of crazy how they do it i was actually really really impressed but um uh if you have a wide wide camera ultra wide camera for uh iphone you can actually like if you place it um vertically um on top of your macbook you can actually have like a top-down view of whatever is in f directly in front of your computer, which was amazing to me. Like the fact that they were able to engineer that using uh, all you know, previous like already uh, using the hardware that's already in the iPhone. Uh, and I know the continued camera is like a feature that a lot of people would love to use because the camera currently on you know the latest MacBooks are pretty they're not that great compared to the iphone cameras so for anyone who's kind of looking for um a much better camera to use in in online meetings or whatever they need it for this feature is actually really really helpful and not to even mention the top-down feature where you don't need like a, a arm stand or anything 
you can just place it on top of your MacBook and instantly. So if you're like writing something down, like say for example, you're in a classroom setting and you're a teacher, right? And you need to, um, you're writing something down on a piece of paper in front of your computer and you need your class to see it up on the projector. You can just use the top-down feature and instantly like, it's pretty crazy to me. So I was wondering what you guys thought about that. Yeah, I definitely thought it was pretty game changing, especially for education, because it's just it makes the barrier to actually teach students and it makes the barrier to even do very simple things such as do a card trick on a table. It, it just allows you to share more of your life with wherever you're FaceTiming. And I think that's just crucial, especially in this time of, you know, online conversations, especially with COVID. One of the other things that I noticed is actually center stage. So um, I know like it was first introduced center stage um, on the iPad Pro that um, Emma, um, you know, uh, last year. But now center stage essentially is uh, a brand new way of, um, you know, recording where if more subjects are in your field of view of the camera, then um, the camera actually auto zooms uh, zooms out uh, so that all the subjects can have their own space in that recording. And when they go away, it'll focus on to you. So it's like a dynamic a video recording um, feature that I think is really useful for people that are trying to record videos and, um, and are in, for other clients or are um, recording videos for education so that uh, it can like, so when you're talking, it can focus on you. But then when you need to show like a whiteboard or um, another person to uh, talk, then it'll focus on to them. So without you changing it. So I think that's a great feature for education as well. Yeah, Apple definitely does utilize the, you know, very uh, array of cameras that they're present on iPhone, like, you know, three of them. So they're kind of just streamlining the process um, for, you know, video content creators. So instead of ha them having to edit it themselves, um, the phone will just do it for them. And like you mentioned in an educational setting, it makes it way easier to kind of bring the focus to one or maybe more than one, uh, more than one person. And also like for the FaceTimes as well, it just makes it much more smoother and, and it lets you utilize all each camera to their ex max potential and um it's just you know another one of those features where it's just you know helpful which is what apple is good at doing you know yeah i definitely agree on that note i feel like a lot of these updates are just general quality of life updates like the lock mm -hmm. screen itself is nothing revolutionary or center stage itself is not anything revolutionary but it's just everything combined together just makes it so easy to use an iPhone and it just makes it hard to leave the ecosystem like you said before. Mm -hmm. So moving on, one of the last things I want to talk about was um, haptic feedback on the keyboard. So uh, if you don't know what haptic feedback is, basically when you press on the keyboard, it will vibrate a little to uh, whenever you press on a character. So what, what were your guys' thoughts on that? I was really happy to see haptic keyboard come to the iPhone, especially because it's it's been around on Android forever. And mm -hmm. it always felt like iOS had a 
or iPhones in general, they have a great haptic engine and it was just like, how come there isn't a haptic keyboard? But luckily that issue got solved in iOS 16. It was just another one of those no-brainers where Apple already had the hardware. It was just a simple, you know, software update where, as you mentioned, Android had this feature for years, like like since forever, basically. Um, so it's it's kind of, you know, like I said, another no-brainer for Apple and just one more thing for people to be excited about. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of no-brainers, another really small feature I saw is that in Apple Maps, you can add multiple stops along your route so if you're going on a road trip you can add a you know a rest area in the middle of your route and again like you said this is a no-brainer because this was in google maps for many years now but just now in ios 16 is getting added to apple maps so yeah i agree this update is really just a lot of collection of quality quality of life updates and a lot of no-brainers yeah apple also knows their main competitor with apple maps is google maps so them just kind of getting up to the speed of things is just you know one of the things you expect them to do if they want their product to be used more uh i'm not sure i'm sure many more people use google maps than apple maps um but this feature will just kind of make it easier for more people to make the switch over which brings them more into that ecosystem and i'm sure in the future there will be more um connectivity features apple adds for their maps um, so it makes it easier for you to use Maps if you have their other products. Yeah, and speaking of other products, during this WWDC, they actually announced CarPlay, or a newer version of CarPlay, which is supposed to come out later this year or early next year. I'm not too sure about the date. But again, that really ties into what we were talking about with Apple Maps, because if you're if you're in a car with CarPlay, you'd want to, you know, hands-free ask Siri to take you to a location and obviously that would use Apple Maps. So it just makes sense that they're trying to improve all their features all across the board. Um, yeah, Car- speaking of CarPlay, actually, um, uh, I thought like CarPlay was really interesting because of like how it can actually like, you know, like take, um, not, uh, take control of like, or like, you know, um, be the display for um, your entire car. So even like the speedometer can, on CarPlay or like all of the screens in, that are present in the car um, can have CarPlay. So like controlling climate and all of that. I think that's a really, really nice feature. For many um, uh, cars because um, a lot of car uh, software right now is like a little bit outdated compared to, um, you know, like uh, standards in like iPhones and, you know, other smart devices. So I think that with Apple moving this CarPlay dynamic to more of like, um, to like enhance all the software in the car and like make it like a lot more easy to use is um, pretty amazing. And I think that it'll make it life much, much easier to, for those that are, that uh, drive cars, which, uh, which have software that is not really compatible, like um, not really easy to use or, uh, um, modern enough for this day and age. No, I really like the new CarPlay um, update they added. It it honestly makes the car look, or the software look way, way, way better compared to traditional um, auto software we see. It, it's just, I can send an image, one image um, the Apple sent in chat, but they really did streamline 
kind of the entire the display itself in any vehicle that is compatible with CarPlay. Um, and they allow for tons of customization um, when it comes to, you know, whether it's your miles per hour, your fuel economy, your fuel tank level, um, or if you're using an EV, then how much, how many miles you have left. It's, and it kind of just makes the car that much more easy to use than before where, you know, traditional auto softwares had a ton of different buttons, features. You didn't even know how to use like most of them and you didn't even need to use most of them, but they were all just on this screen, kind of confusing things. But now with this new CarPlay, you can put only what you need, you can put on the screen. Um, so that just makes it way more simple uh, to use your car, which, you know, as someone who, you know, since we're teens, right, and we're about going into this, uh, we're about to drive, this feature, um, from my standpoint, makes it, way more easier to uh, drive. Yeah, and looking at this from a software perspective, the really the, the one thing that really stood out to me was that previously CarPlay was, it was, you needed to build a car with the intention of including CarPlay because the car had to have a very rectangular screen that was enabled with CarPlay and that was, you know, completely compatible. But what this new version of CarPlay is doing is that it can be specific to every vehicle and it can accommodate many different screen screen shapes and layouts. So this means that even if two cars have car plays, it may not look the same, which I think is really interesting from a software perspective. Um, moving on, another WWDC um, uh, announcement that was cool was the new M2 chip. And I know you guys are coders, or at least Sid is. So what do you guys think of that new M2 chip? Yeah, so this was just an incremental update that was, you know, that was pushed upon. I mean, obviously, back in 2020, Apple announced that they're trying to move all their silicon to M1 or in-house based chips. And now with the introduction of M2, though it was expected, my one thing on it, my one critique on it, is that the body of the M2 MacBook Pro laptop is straight from 2016. It doesn't have a new display, doesn't have a new notch, doesn't have the new keyboard. What do you guys think about the non-refreshed kind of build and body of the laptop? Um, it's still very clean. You know, I think Apple knows that it's as minimalistic as possible. Um. I don't think they have any reason to, you know, try to fix what already works. Um, and I think, you know, with this new M2 chip, it would make more sense to kind of delay a new refresh until maybe next year where there's more focus on it rather than this year where there's kind of focus on a lot of different things. Um, so the uh, I'm personally, I'm happy with the way it's designed currently just because of how much that uh, even though they can kind of reduce that bezel size a little bit um, i'm still happy with how it's currently designed um Anshul, is there anything you wanted to add on that yeah, so uh one of the things is that um for the one the uh the notes even though there was zero update uh, there was like no hardware uh, uh you know like body upgrades for the macbook pro 13 inch um 
it still actually does it still has the touch bar and you know like uh the from the wide majority of people that the touch bar is uh you know kind of uh, you know, a waste of space and they would rather have physical function keys but there is still a minute uh Minute, uh, there was a minute fraction of people that would still appreciate that touch bar. So I think it was a move by Apple to like um, consider those people that actually value the touch bar and like change all the other ones with for people that really don't care about it. So um, I think like that model is like for people that really like use the touch bar. But other than that, um, it's, there's no there's no update. So I think that's like for the the. For, so the, for the people that really want the touch bar, I think this is probably the only and best laptop that they could get. But yeah, I mean, as expected with the M2 and any of Apple's high-end chips, Xcode projects with tons of assets, just, you know, they build super quickly and projects that have to compile a lot of data, obviously they compile super quickly. So from a developer standpoint, obviously these chips are great. But moving on, what do you guys think about the new MacBook Air and the new MacBook Air uh, M2 MacBook Air Color Midnight? Um, so I currently have the 2015 MacBook Air. Um, it's pretty large, I would say. Um, first, or, or large compared to today's standards. I saw the new MacBook Air and the fact that they're able to kind of decrease its size by uh, it's like like as the name says it's like almost like as light as air um so i thought that was like the innovation there was really incredible and the new midnight air color i also really liked uh, if i was to get a macbook air i would definitely choose that color over the traditional white silver and gold colors that they always have so um that's that's what i thought uh, same here i thought that midnight is was the actual was the standout color for me i think it has just like an overall like a sleeker design than the other three colors and one of the things i also noticed with the m2 macbook um there is that the 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 actual body of the macbook uh air changed from more of like a wedge shaped design to something that is more like uniform along the sides so oh, what do you think? I, I know like there are a few people that um you know liked wedge shaped design as it is easier to type on, but what do you oh are you like are you guys like okay with the change from moving to like a uniform body instead of a wedge shaped design? Yes, yeah, so I definitely think that this visual refresh is it's welcome, really. I mean there's no problems with it, especially especially since now we get a MagSafe and two Thunderbolt ports that are free because MagSafe will be used for charging. And we get a high impedance headphone jack. So this is this is all super welcome. And because of this, this design, obviously we get MagSafe, which was great already before. And because of this design, we get new redefined uh, padding feet on the bottom of the MacBook. And overall, I just feel that this non-wedge design, this kind of flat design is just a lot more sleeker and just feels more rugged and almost like more robust. Yeah, um, my MacBook currently, the 2015, has the wedge shape, and I definitely prefer the flat one over the wedge shape. Um, from a kind of aesthetic point of view, I'm not sure how, if it would be beneficial from, you know, kind of a uh, day-to-day -day use standpoint, but 
As for the looks, I prefer the flat shape. And keeping on the topic of Macs, um, what do you guys think about the new macOS Ventura update? Yeah, so as um, it said about um, macOS, um, like how like there's like a welcome refresh. Like I also think that um, Mac OS Ventura uh, offers a lot new small features that are always like, you know, welcome. And a lot of it's the same as iOS where, um, you know, like there's like improved search options. Uh, Obviously, uh, messages you can edit and unsend. Uh, you can organize photos, and there's also um, stage manager, which is also on the on the iPad as well. And basically, stage manager is as an organizational tool that allows you to stay uh, uh, focused and easily switch between the windows that you're on. So it can group different windows for a specific topic. So um, if you're working on editing photos, it can keep like that photo editor and the photos app in the same, uh, you know, kind of like window or like window group. And then mm -hmm. it could keep, you know, like document and note uh, pages and notes in another um, group so that it's easier to switch between activities without having to reopen everything. Yeah, there's definitely, I see a lot of appeal with stage manager if you're, uh, if you're an adult and if you're working. Um, the fact that it lets you kind of in, use different desktops, kind of quote unquote desktops for different, um, apps is really useful so that you're able to like seamlessly switch between these windows. Um, you know, depending if you're working, yeah, you know, between personal or professional or maybe a hobby, um, and it lets you really kind of create that workspace that you specifically want which i thought was uh, pretty cool yeah i agree and moving on from that another feature of macOS ventura is handoff and what i mean by handoff is that now if you're calling someone on facetime on your phone you can automatically transfer that call to your mac without ever cutting the call and i feel like this is extremely useful especially for students like us where we're outside talking to someone on facetime and rather than just cutting the conversation we can immediately transfer it to our mac whenever we get to our desk setup so what do you guys think about the new facetime updates it's definitely welcome uh, i can think of numerous instances where i've said um i can i'll rejoin on my mac or i'll rejoin on my phone so this kind of just makes it way easier to just you know hand off facetime from one device to another um it's just one of those other you know cool quirks and features that um don't necessarily take the stage in terms of um uh in terms of how innovative the um feature is but more of like uh like a just a quick easy feature that they can include in this larger uh, update yeah, speaking of taking the stage, as we mentioned before, center stage is also brought to macOS Venture, which is, again, very useful for, you know, the COVID time we're in, where 
a lot of video calls are being made and you always want to stay in the frame. And speaking of this, uh, in, in the new FaceTime versions, studio light and portrait mode, which is, you know, typically only confined to, you know, iOS portrait mode photography, that studio light and portrait mode is actually coming to FaceTime now. So you, you can change the lighting of your environment and you can change whether the background is blurred behind you or not. Yeah, that's um, another cool feature that they could easily add. Um, I'm not sure kind of how many people would use this feature um, to blur their background in, in a casual FaceTime setting. Um, but, you know, if it was FaceTime was used in a professional setting, I'd definitely see the appeal. Um, but I don't think Apple has any plans to um, professionalize FaceTime. So uh, if they do, this would definitely make sense. But, you know, it's just one of those other features that they can just quickly add. Yeah, um, and obviously, like with when we're we were talking about like you know, FaceTime updates, it also is coming onto the iPad. And speaking of the iPad, one of the things that I was uh, that I really appreciated that they included for the iPad was actually um, external display support. And the reason why this is such a welcome feature is that it makes an iPad sort of like you know more of like a like uh, like a dynamic device, right? You could have it as like a baseline computer, but also like a tool for creators to create artwork, you know, and take notes and stuff. And for people that want to use the iPad as like a basic computer, it would be um, uh, welcome for them to have like a full display uh, for them to connect it to their display and not have like two black bars appearing um, to mm -hmm. the right and left of it. So I think that this is a, very welcome and it can feature with uh, it can handle up to re with resolutions up to 6k so i think that is cool and it kind of like you know solidifies the ipad as a device that you know a lot of creators can use where you can uh do like uh you can uh obviously take the photo and then upload it to your ipad and then use the apple pencil to like draw or uh diagrams or images around it and then use and then transfer it to your external monitor so that it's an easier place to for you to edit the photo so i think it's like um transitions like the ipad as like from like only like a handheld device or like a note-taking device so uh, to a basic computer and leaving the macbooks for those that are more like uh for developers and stuff uh and you know coders and uh stuff like that so i think that the external display support is one of the smaller features but more welcome in my opinion yeah, Apple is definitely making their iPad more appealing of an option to uh, more appealing over laptops to an audience that is, you know, as you mentioned, less coders and more like designers, um, creators kind of in terms of art um, because of the Apple Pencil, but as well as um, students who don't, who could look or who are looking for like a less more inex inexpensive option over the MacBook and something that is you know as or near as powerful as the MacBook, but also they can use with um, a keyboard and they can use with all their other Apple uh, devices um, and kind of gets the same job done really.
Also, another like quick thing I wanted to add was that Weather App finally came to iPad. Um, personally, I don't think that I don't like necessarily um, uh, like, see the reason why they added the Weather App, but Weather App to the iPad. But um, since you can use your phone for it, um, but I think that maybe it's like a better way to like view like the radar or like. Um, view more of the daily forecast on one screen. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the weather app was another no-brainer they could just add, you know. Even if people don't use it, it's just another thing they can talk about in their keynote. Um, But I think it's, you know, the weather app is, like, even if you could just access it with your phone, it just makes it easier if you're already using your iPad and you just need to check the weather quickly, you can just open the app right there on iPad itself rather than opening your phone. Um, so that's just, it's just kind of there. Um, another feature I, I kind of looked at that was pretty cool was the, um, it was a freeform feature where it's kind of like a huge whiteboard, really. It's kind of like a very, it's just like, essentially what it is, it's just like a huge whiteboard, unlimited whiteboard where you can like jot down anything you, it's, it's kind of like a notes app, um, but just bigger in the sense you can, it's more easy to use and um, it kind of fulfills a a need. Because um, I know in the notes app, I would use it often for um, kind of productivity in terms of putting down notes and uh, in the form of, um, in the form of drawing, as well as um, putting down kind of files and images that would make it easier to um you know do whatever it is that you're doing so this new freeform app is makes that much more easier by uh, catering more to that creative artistic audience um, in general yeah and even besides that i feel like the real catcher the best the best part about this is like you can do real-time collaboration with people you invite to your documents such as in such as we see in Google Docs. And this is almost game changer. I mean, even in, in school right now, tons of people are using iPads to take notes. And especially with the feature to collaborate in real time with, you know, your friends or whoever you share the link with, you can take group notes and group studies and you can collaborate. Creatives can design things together. People can do collaborative drawings. And I feel like the endless are, uh, the possibilities are literally endless with this kind of app and software. Mm -hmm. yeah, um also one of the things one of the main applications that that i thought was interesting with freeform is like when you're uh, a lot of people uh, especially like a lot of like middle schoolers um uh, do a lot of like poster projects and i think that freeform would be an excellent way to digitalize poster projects or like you know candidate posters for like asb and stuff like that so i think um, this is a great uh, feature, and it's uh, really welcome on the iPad. Definitely, definitely. There's definitely multiple use cases for the Freeform app. Um, whether, you know, you're a middle school student who's working on a poster or, uh, you know, a working adult who needs it for, um, whether in your business and you need a brainstorming session or if you're in art and you need to uh, collaborate with others on a new um you know, whatever it is, it's just kind of another one of those apps where um, 
it just makes it easier to put your put your ideas down and make it easier for you to create which is kind of i feel the whole the vibe of the ipad is just a tool for you to create um another thing i i saw was the new is that they updated mail on both ios or ipad os and the macbook os ventura mac os ventura um so now you can have a schedule send which i thought was much needed as well as the undo send um the schedule send is already on Gmail, which I use a lot when I want to send an email, you know, at eight in the morning. Um, but the undo send I thought was kind of cool, but I was wondering how it worked. But what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, so the schedule send is something I also I also knew and used, but the undo send I I'm also really curious how it works because I personally use Gmail and on Gmail you can only undo an email you sent within, you know, 30 seconds of you sending an email. So I I really wonder how this will work and if it's compatible with all different types of emails. Yeah, that was my main concern because um, I say most people use Gmail. Um, and say if you're using an I, the Apple Mail and you send to a Gmail, then you undo send. Um, would it really undo it for the person on Gmail, or um, that was just kind of the thing, or does it only work if both users are using Apple Mail? So, um, yeah, that was kind of my main concern. Um, from my experience, um, uh, Apple Mail and Google Mail sync for the most part pretty well, but obviously there are some times where, you know, um, some emails show up on Gmail and don't show up on Apple Mail, so. It's kind of really like, you know, a toss up whether like this feature would actually work for the Gmail users versus the Apple Mail users. So, yeah, uh, I think we need to like, after like more testing comes out, I think, you know, we people will actually see, you know, what, what the benefits of each feature are. Mm -hmm. There's also the new pass keys um, feature that they added where it's like a different sign in method where you can use. Um, I wasn't exactly sure how it worked. But um, apparently it works on non-Apple devices. So is there anything you guys knew about that? Actually, I saw that feature, but I'm not even sure really what exactly a passkey is. It's one of those things where I think we may have to wait and see to see really how useful it is. Because I already know iPhones can save, you know, iPhones can save your passwords on a keychain. And you can use Face ID to unlock your password for certain websites or apps. So I already thought that was useful. So I'm not really sure how passkeys fit into this ecosystem, but I guess it's just one of those features we'll have to wait and see. Mm -hmm. They um it says that it's also like passkeys um are stronger than almost all common two two factor authentication types. So it's really like it's just kind of like a new sign-in method that um, Apple claims that it is more secure than two-factor authentication, but it is one of those small features that needs to be more explored. So, um, mm -hmm. uh, Apple is pretty good at their security, so I'm sure whatever it is, it will be kind of used by the masses. Uh, I'm guessing it is, like you said, another two-factor authentication. Um, feature that makes it your um, device safer from um, hacking attacks. So it's definitely welcome.
Um, is there any other iPad or MacBook features you guys want to go over? Real quick, um, actually, it's an iOS feature, but the reimagined re Home app. Um, if you guys didn't know, the, there is an app on iPhones called the Home where you can, you know, if you have smart devices such as, you know, smart lights or climate control that can connect to your phone, you can all you can um, control all of that with one app, and also I think this is a welcome refresh, as um, some people did not find the previous home app um, easy to use. But now it's like you get like a menu full of everything you have, so like you know climate, lights, security, and um, you know other things, you know like mm -hmm. plugs as well. So. It's just like a you know refresh that's also welcome i guess and uh there are a few people that use this a lot so and this will be more and more used as homes become smart and things uh, like that so i think uh i think yeah this is an important feature that i want to highlight yeah so i was just wondering like how would be how would the home app be able like what is the compatibility with home app and you know, the other, um, you know, say Ring or Nest, um, which has this, which has the cameras, um, if you would be able to connect those cameras or if you have to use like uh, a different individual camera and then connect that to the home app or if you can use it directly from Nest or Ring or whatever um, smart home device you have. Um, but I guess we'll just have to see uh, when it comes out and how what the compatibility is there but it seems so far from what they previewed to be very minimalistic very um kind of increases the smartness in a sense of your home um since now you have everything you need in one in one place so like the climate the lighting security uh, cameras and everything so definitely if you're a homeowner um very 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 helpful app and increases the um um the how many people would use the home app than before and another thing i wanted to talk about was the new gaming uh center dashboard which they previewed um game center before was very kind of it was just there you wouldn't really use it much in terms of from my experiences with it but it seems now it kind of increases, you know, the amount of connectivity that you have with um, your friends for Apple games. And I'm sure this feature could be used in all sorts of cases, you know, whether it's for Clash Royale or um, any any game. But what do you guys think of that? I agree with your Clash Royale example. And obviously, I just feel like it's a really great quality of life update that we could all use especially just again just focusing on user connectivity as their main focus and goal yeah it kind of lets you see you know what your friends are playing or what achievements your friends have made in games so it's just like because you know for xbox they have the um xbox has its own uh game center dashboard which is really helpful um because you're able to see you know all the things your friends are doing uh, it's called Game Bar. So kind of bringing that to um, uh, iPhone with the Game Center update is definitely very 
very useful for anyone who does play games on iPhone. Another feature that I wanted to um, show was uh, play together with SharePlay. So this allows you to play multiplayer games. It uses Game Center with another person. So it's like you could FaceTime and play games. So I think that's like a really cool, like fun activity. That, um, you can play with your friends with, uh, with the games that are on Game Center. Uh, I think that's really cool as well. So SharePlay, I think. It was introduced a while back, but now they're kind of like expanding it to more, um, more features and like updating it. Yeah, the the new SharePlay, um, like like I said, it's similar to Xbox's Game Bar, where you can kind of invite your friends from directly the Xbox app itself. But now, you know, instead of having to like, like say you're using an Apple. Uh, you say you're playing a mobile game on your Apple device instead of having to, you know, text your friend. You can kind of invite them from the SharePlay itself and um, play together in the same game in real time. Which was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Is there Sadiq? So is there anything else, or Ancho? Is there anything else you guys want to talk about for iPad? Or um, there's the new WatchOS nine update I wanted to go over as well. Yeah, I had nothing else to mention for iPads, so we can definitely move on to the watchOS. Yeah, so um, watchOS 9 is the latest watchOS update from Apple. Um, the Apple Watch itself, do you guys, do any of you guys have an Apple Watch? No, I don't have an Apple no. Watch. No. Anshul, sure, do you any. have one? No. Oh, you have one? I don't. Oh, um, yeah, so have you guys ever thought about buying an Apple Watch or in the past or in the future? Has that ever occurred? To be honest, I I never really thought about purchasing an Apple Watch. How about you? No, um, you know, Apple Watch itself is just like, I feel it could be a really cool thing to have just for that connectivity and everything. But um, I've never really saw a need to purchase the Apple Watch because everything on the watch is on your phone and and more is on your phone. Um, but I feel like this new watchOS 9 update will kind of increase incentiveness to purchase the Apple Watch. Um, for example, one of the new things that they added was um, a workout update. So if you do work out, I feel like there's more... Um, I feel like if you do work out, Apple Watch is definitely a great tool to use because of how much data it provides. I'm I don't work out. I'm not sure how much data you would use, but um like for one of the things they um provide is the the average power that you exert in watts, which is pretty interesting, as well as the um elevation gained, your heart rate target heart rate zones, your, um, you know, different routes that you've raced or biked. Um, and it kind of tracks that and keeps it saved so you can uh, use it for later. Uh, as well as um, if you're on pace to meet your workout goal. So I thought that was pretty cool. What do you guys think of that? Like you said, um, I think... 
Apple Watch is primarily the the primary demographic for the Apple Watch in general is athletes. Like they have mm-hmm. so many features for uh, people that work out and like you know um, that are athletes and want to just like get a quick run in. Um, it's like you know, it's like for like all those like you know athletic demographics. And one of the things that actually would be nice is have the um instant feedback or like mile pace so it's like um like it like can track your uh like the pace you're on and whether you need to pick up that pace or whether you can slow down a bit so that you're um, able to keep your energy throughout your run i think that is a great like you know instant feedback is a great way for athletes to know whether they're meeting their goals and um how they can improve or yeah. yeah the like you said the main demographic of those who use apple watch is i feel um people who work out which is a lot of people as well as athletes um and the apple watch kind of gives them a bunch of this new data adding on to what every data provided before um for people to utilize more in their workout um, and another thing I found was their new sleep update. So now it kind of tells you specifically how much time you spent in REM sleep or core sleep or deep sleep. Um, which is, I, I had a previous smartwatch from Samsung, which provided the same information. It was really cool to use or not use, but to see, um, and, and then kind of use to update your sleep schedule which i thought was pretty helpful but um would you guys use this feature if you had it yeah so i feel like this is just this is just one of those features that overall just improve your health just like what the apple watch is really meant for and i mean in terms of use this feature i feel like if you just you know wear the wear the watch when you're sleeping obviously you're just you just get the data so I feel like it's very interesting to look at when you're w- waking up and but I feel like the real the real magic happens when you can track all your data over a long period of time. So especially when you can track your exercise and your sleep over, you know, say months, you can kind of get an estimate of your overall health and that's where I feel the Apple Watch really shines. Mm-hmm. It does shine in that sense where um where it's being used for health. Uh, another feature that adds to that is the new medications feature where it gives you reminders to take um, medications or vitamins. It kind of shows up on your entire watch face um, to tell you uh, to log in your, um, to put in your medicines. Um, and you can kind of customize those updates from the iPhone app itself, which I thought was pretty pretty beneficial in terms of boosting your health so what do you guys think of that one uh yeah so i think the medications um feature is a definitely a very warm welcome because uh, we know how much medication is really important for a lot of people and okay. and oftentimes a lot of people are like very very busy and tend to forget taking it at a specific time that the doctor recommended so keeping it on track of on your wrist is like oh it'll vibrate like at 10 o'clock oh i need to take this medication and you take it so that uh, 
you can make you can make sure that you're staying healthy and making sure that you're getting all the supplement that you need. Yeah, as someone who has to take these medications daily, um, the future is definitely very helpful. Um, to because many times I forget to take my medication and um having this new feature in in your Apple Watch makes it way more easier to keep track of your medication as well as like from my micro um in micro in terms of getting your medications in daily as well as macro um in terms of tracking how often you have taken your medicines because you can log in if you've taken your medicine or not and you could forward that information to your doctor who can use that information as well to um to do whatever it is they need to do um and you, this is also helpful for you know the older population who often need to take these medications for whatever ailments they have and you know it's just one of those another features this wouldn't be a feature that would be kind of like a make or break feature to buy the apple watch but it's just one of those other things that is um pretty cool and then moving on another thing that was new was the new watch faces so like adding on to this theme of customization apple has added tons of new watch faces um ranging from you know traditional clock faces to digital analog whatever it is um have you guys gotten a chance to look at that yeah and i think it's also like more of like you know adding on to what we said earlier about the um lock screen on the iphone um apple is becoming more of like a um like a personalization kind of company where it allows you to make the apple watch feel like it's yours um, or make the iphone feel like it's yours so i think like it like includes like it helps you include things that are that are the most meaningful to you um on your apple watch um and i think it's also obviously a very very necessary feature for a lot of people uh, to customize their watch face um and uh, making people uh, feel more connected with their devices uh, another though thing it I is was... oh you can go okay and though it is like extra personalization from what i've seen out in the real world i i really just feel like people always will just stick to you know the digital the digital watch face that shows your calendar events and your exercises or your fitness metrics so i feel like these i feel like these watch faces are almost just for like novelty like if you're going out to some fancy dinner party you would want some kind of fancy watch face but other than that i really feel like people just put on the watch face that shows them the most information at any given time definitely um they're just kind of these new watch faces are just kind of new like gimmicks people can have them if they want if they don't they don't have to but definitely i feel like on a day-to-day -day basis, most people just choose, you know, the ones that tell the most information. But, you know, depending on what they're doing, you know, from a fancy dinner party or whatever it is, they can update it. Um, but the other thing I saw was the new lunar face, which gives the iPhone a lunar calendar that you can instantly kind of use. Um, yeah, I'm, there's many uses for this and from a religious standpoint because, um, you know, a lot of different religions um use you know base their religious events based on um the current uh phases of the moon so this is just another cool feature where you, instead of just kind of looking for the moon you can just have it on your phone um and it's there for you instantly
So, uh, yeah, as you said, the lunar phases, um, I think, obviously, it's like another gimmick, um, and it's, like, useful for a small uh, small set of people that really, like, you know, have a lot of religious traditions based mm-hmm. on these lunar, uh, based on, like, the lunar phases. So, I think it's mm-hmm. also, like, another uh, feature that they added. Um, and also, it's the same goes for, like, the changes in the background color. Um it's also like you know you just have like the freedom of choosing more different options on yeah. your Apple Watch. So I think that's just like the main idea between adding out these features. Yeah, another thing I wanted to go over was the new family setup feature. Um, so the new, uh, I feel like what Apple is kind of catering to now for kids is that you know I know you know if you're a parent maybe you don't want your child to have a phone you know in elementary school. But you still want to, you know, keep them in the loop, um, so you can you're able to call them and contact them wherever. So the Apple Watch is there to, you know, satisfy that that need. So instead of having a phone, you can just have the Apple Watch to uh, give to your child, who and they can instantly communicate with you. Um, and they've kind of to add to this, they've added new um, safety features and. Um, such so for one example, you can add uh, home keys to your Apple phone if you ha- or your watch if you can say your home key is digitized. So you can just tap it onto whatever, you know, um, say you're kind of like a hotel key or a card. Or you can just put the card up to the, the card reader and it'll just let you in. So like like that, um, it gives you uh, that option to digitize your card and let your um, kids enter your house um, with ease instead of having keys and say they lost the keys so they can't get in. So it's just one of those other features. Yeah, and this is another thing that add to like the growing trend of like um, abandoning your wallet completely, just having all of the you know, um, payment, you know, hotel keys, home keys, everything on your phone. So uh, it's just like a, they're adding onto that feature to make sure like your iPhone be like your um, your wallet, your home keys, like so you can just bring one thing and go. Um, so I think that's pretty neat that they're doing that. Because oftentimes, many people forget their you know car keys or have to like go uh, or forget their house keys. Um, so I think like just bringing your phone, like you can just like do everything. And soon maybe it may become a car key too like how like yeah. tesla is doing it with their tesla app but um we'll have to wait and see for that feature yeah another thing i saw was the productivity for their notifications so i'm not sure how it was before but i'm assuming before i uh, watch os 9 in order when you get a notification and if you're using your watch it takes up the whole screen um but now the notification just comes in as a banner at the top of the screen like kind of like a phone so whatever you're doing on your watch os isn't obstructed by the notification but at the same time if you're not using your your watch um then it's received as a full screen notification so when you get to use your watch um that's kind of the notifications are the first thing you see which is helpful um yeah i thought that was pretty pretty cool Yeah, I think 
all I wanted to say about the Apple Watch. I think. It's also a new Fitness Plus update, um, which is you know adds to that Apple Watch um, fitness um, catering audience thing. Um, so apparently now what it does is that it gives you goals on screen for motivation. So say like it tells you how much time is left in the workout, how far you are into the workout, um, how many calories you've burned so far. Um, which I thought was really um, helpful as well because now it gives you that increased motivation to um, complete your workout. Yeah, I think Apple Fitness Plus was, um, is, I think it's like used for like athletes that are doing con conditioning things like, mm -hmm. you know, like, like, you know, like between their off periods where they have to like, keep their body in shape so like they just do like workouts from professional trainers to like and have set goals for themselves so that they stay on shape for themselves mm -hmm. i think that's also another cool feature on apple but yeah um, another thing was the new accessibility option where you can mirror your apple watch face onto your iphone which i think was also pretty helpful say you're customizing your apple watch and you want just a bigger screen to customize it on and this feature is just all the more helpful to allow you to um, customize your watch as to what how you want it to be yeah and then another thing um was quick actions um, quick actions basically allows you to like double pinch to in order to like um, take a photo or to start a workout and this is also like um like, for example, like if somebody, if you're trying to take a group photo and want to keep your phone like far away, uh, so now you can use your Apple Watch and double pinch when you want the photo to be taken. But uh, I don't know if like you have to point it at your phone or uh, your watch, uh, but. It's uh, uh, a big cool uh, feature. Yeah. Oh. It's been on Android for a long time, so. Um, it's cool that they're adding it now. Um, just makes it all the more easier to kind of because, like, say with using the timer for taking an iPhone photo, this double pinch feature down just makes it easier to um, take that photo without um, trying to meet the timer itself. And then one more thing I saw was the. Um, AFib history feature, or if you're diagnosed with atrial fibrillation, which is some um, ailment, you can now um, use the Apple Watch feature to prevent um, the risk of you uh, getting arrh arrhythmia, which I thought was another um, um, cool feature to cater to specific audiences as well as adding on to that um, uh, health, health, um, health, overall health um, vibe I'm getting from the, the watch. Obviously, you know, 
like with all the health features, obviously there was like ECG introduced recently, which monitors your blood oxygen. It also opens up the Apple Watch for like a, the older demographic who really want to monitor their health and making sure that their health is in check um, and whether they need to see a doctor if there's a problem. So it just opens up uh, the Apple Watch to the older demographic um, and it's also a warm welcome to their uh, you know, lifestyle as well. Yeah. Um, Sid, was there anything else you wanted to add on WatchOS? Or... Yeah, overall, I feel like we hit everything. I didn't want to, I didn't have anything to really add on to Anshul. I think we've gone through everything for WWDC and iOS 16. Um, so yeah, it was a good talk. Um, if you're listening, thank you so much for uh, listening to our podcast. Um, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.